This episode is going to be a little bit different than all the other ones because it's going to be about a very traumatizing experience I had a few weeks ago in Germany. If you follow me on social media, on Instagram particularly, I post a lot of stories and behind the scenes so you can connect with me there. But if you do follow me, you probably noticed that I had a really bad experience in Germany. I had panic attacks, I cried, and it was, yeah, it was just a really bad experience. So while I was moping around and walking down the streets and sitting at different coffee shops, I wrote my ordeal because I felt like there was a lesson in all of this, you know, and apart from the fact that I can't have my whole life on my cell phone, wallet, my ID, my train tickets, literally my whole life on my cell phone. That is something that I need to rectify. I realized something. I had a huge eureka moment. Hallelujah. Whatever you want to call it. That when panic sets in, social anxiety walks out, which is the title of this episode today. So instead of giving you advice or tips, there is one big lesson at the end of this episode. It's really important to pay attention to this particular life lesson and to see if we can somehow incorporate it on a daily basis. So welcome to the Your Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Alexandru from Honest Rocks, and I am obsessed with social anxiety. After a decade of trying to figure out how to manage it on my own, I'm on a mission now to share every little insight I've gained along the way. Every week, we'll get just a little bit closer to unraveling the mystery of it so you can live the best version of yourself because you are worth knowing. Let's get to it. Let me walk you through what happened to me in Germany because I ended up crying my eyes out sitting at the window bar at Starbucks at the train station in Dusseldorf. It was a Saturday morning and there I was on a bar stool overlooking the terminal and crying my eyes out. I was phoneless and stranded. I mean, who would have known that such a nice getaway to Germany would eventually turn into a nightmare? The day before, so Friday, I boarded a train in Amsterdam so that I would make my way to Dusseldorf and record part two of my episode, Why You're Scared to Ask a Stranger for Sunscreen. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to just sit down on the couch with my best friend, Joanna, the sunscreen girl that's featured in the viral TikTok that we talk about in part one of this episode, and get all my questions answered and all of your questions, because there are a bunch of questions in the TikTok comments that... I really wanted to get her perspective on why, who, what, when, but why and how the heck did you manage to ask a stranger for sunscreen? That interview beat all my expectations. I am so happy that I got to sit down with her. We laughed, we connected, we got some damn good footage, and I'm beyond excited to share part two with you next week. So keep your ears out for that one. And then, you know, we went on with our day. We walked to a coffee shop put a few hours of work in because it was Friday and eventually made our way to a dinner reservation at a Peruvian restaurant because for some reason I've been craving ceviche a little bit too much these days. But, you know, due to the exhaustion of being on a two and a half hour train ride in the morning, working five hours that day, recording on the podcast, walking through the cold wintry air in Dusseldorf, 
by 9.30 p.m., I was down and out. I literally just passed out. And so my train was scheduled to the parts the next morning to Amsterdam at around 11 o'clock. And luckily, she could drop me off at the train station. So I didn't have to trek through the trams and streets by myself and worry that I'm not going to make my that I'm going to miss my train. But unfortunately, that was the extent of my luck. At the train station, I made my way to Starbucks, got my favorite chai latte, had a sandwich, and then went off to find my platform. It was about 1030. And I like to be early. I always like to be super early just in case anything happens. So as I readied to check which platform my train was departing from, I realized that my phone was not on me. I don't know if you've ever experienced the panic of losing your phone in a place that is, well, not your country, but it's a pretty overwhelming experience, a panic-inducing one, to say the least. So many thoughts went through my mind as I dug into the same pocket over and over, thinking that my phone would magically reappear. It did not, shockingly so. But I checked every crevice of my carry-on bag, my backpack, my pockets again and again to no avail. And, you know, I've been having a few episodes lately where I misplace things. I literally walk from one room to another and I forget why I'm in that room or what I was about to do or where I placed my phone, my cup of coffee. It's just I feel all over the place lately. And it's probably because I am pushing a lot mentally. I'm exhausting myself. And, you know, this was one of those episodes, except it wasn't a lip balm or something harmless like that. But my lifeline I honestly had zero recollection of when I last had my phone on me or in my hands. I remember that the last thing I text was, my train is delayed by 30 minutes to my husband. And I remember, I remember texting. I just don't remember what I did with the phone right after. Was it at her place, in her car, at Starbucks? Did somebody grab it from my hands or my pockets? And I didn't realize I was losing it. And it's in moments like these when panic sets in that social anxiety walks out. I literally went straight to the German kid behind the counter at Starbucks and I asked him, can I please use your phone? Can I please use your WhatsApp? I didn't give him any explanation. I literally just asked, can I have your phone so I can use your WhatsApp? And he handed his phone without a question. And then the next moment of panic set in, I didn't know any effing numbers. None. Zero. I don't even know my Dutch phone number. The only number I had memorized was my husband's American number, which unfortunately he had disabled a couple weeks ago. Of course, I did not memorize his Dutch phone number, and I certainly did not know Joanna's German number. So I gave the barista his phone back, and I sat at the window, and I cried. Tears running down my face. My train was set to leave in 20 minutes, and my ticket was on my phone. I opened my laptop, did the find my phone search, and rang my phone, hoping that it was in my pocket, of course, while also simultaneously searching my email for my train ticket. I thought, well, you know, if my phone is lost, that's that. Um, it's a lost cause. But that doesn't mean that I should miss my train. Unfortunately, Lady Luck had it in for me that day. I could not locate my train ticket nor log into the website for that matter, and I had no idea how to contact anyone. Through my tears, I emailed my husband and Joanna with the subject, Help me! 
Now that I think about it, that was probably not the best idea because I probably gave them a heart attack. Probably they thought that I was kidnapped or something. And I sobbed harder and harder. I missed my train. I couldn't locate my phone. I was stranded and I never felt more helpless. There I was, not sure what to do next. Except there were plenty of options. I just didn't see them through my blurry vision. I could have called either of them through Facebook Messenger, which eventually Joanna did. I could have contacted them through Instagram, you know, an instant notification. I could have gone to the service point and have them help me with the train tickets, you know, potentially purchasing another one. But I remained frozen at Starbucks. Eventually, I found out my phone was last seen at her house. I figured out how to use the find my phone search. But since she was on her way to Frankfurt, which was three hours away, there was no way she could have just turned around and come back for me or my phone, obviously more important. But I felt more at ease at this point because one, I did not lose my phone. And two, I wasn't stranded anymore as she eventually would come to pick me up from the train station. And I ended up staying another night and taking the train the following day with my phone and ticket in hand. Yes, of course, I ended up paying for another train ticket, but I'd rather have to only pay for a train ticket instead of shelling out 600 bucks for a new phone. So I took it as is and saw myself as being really lucky given the circumstances. But you can imagine that this ordeal came with some profound life lessons, namely how freaking dependent we are. I am on our phones. How insane that I have zero phone numbers memorized. Do you? How insane that my phone has become my wallet. And how insane that a new phone costs a minimum of 600 bucks, making it one of the most stressful objects to carry around. And to be honest, I was angry at myself for leaving the phone at her house. I was angry at how slow the internet was at Starbucks, which made me cry even more because I couldn't figure out the train ticket situation. Um, I couldn't locate my phone or my ticket fast enough to make any decisions. I was angry that everyone else around me had their phone while I kept trying to reach for mine. Do you know what it's like to just walk down the streets and see everyone on their phone and you have this, this feeling that part of you is just missing. It's like a ghost limb and you're like trying to reach for your phone and it's like, but it's not there. It's gone but everyone else has it. It was just not fair. And I was angry that she went to Frankfurt, complicating my situation. And I know that's selfish, but I was like, why? Out of all the days you could go to on, on a road trip, it has to be this one when my whole life is just falling apart. <laughs> I eventually made my way to a coffee shop, calmed down and reflected. And as I reflected and wrote down these words that you are hearing right now, I realized that this was the second incident on that trip where panic set in and social anxiety walked out. So we can backtrack a little bit. When I booked my train to Dusseldorf, I got an email saying that I needed to wear a mask on the German portion of the ride, right? So, so it's a direct train ride, but apparently on the way to Germany, you don't have to wear a mask, but the moment you cross the border, you're supposed to put a mask on. Doesn't make much sense, but whatever. I needed to buy a mask. I didn't have any at home. Um, and since they needed to be the medical appointed ones, I went and bought one at the store. It was one of the blue masks, and I thought that would be fine. I realized it wasn't fine when I sat down on the train. The girl in front of my seat had a box of white medical masks. I panicked. Oh, my God. The Germans cannot catch me without the proper mask on. 
So not only do I have severe unresolved issues with authority, but being yelled at by a German agent would just traumatize me for life. So I quickly asked her if the blue mask was good enough, to which she responded, no. I mean, when are things ever simple? So I did what Joanna would do. I asked the girl in front of me for a mask. And as I mentioned in part one of why you're scared to ask a stranger for sunscreen, you can substitute the word sunscreen with anything. So for me, my sunscreen was now a mask. And the reason why I say that when panic sets in, social anxiety walks out is that at that moment when I was putting myself on the line and asking her for her mask, I had zero bones in my body that cared whether she would say no. I had to risk the rejection because the upside would be worth it to have the right mask. The downside of me not asking potentially was to be reprimanded by the train inspector. And to me, that would have been a worse outcome than this girl keeping a box of 10 masks to herself. And also, I did not experience approach anxiety because she was sitting right in front of me. You know, we were kind of like cubicle mates and I had engaged with her prior to making the request. You know, I asked her, is the blue mask okay to wear? So I didn't flat out just go for the request. I engaged initially. I really wanted to just be proper and have the right mask on. And this made me think, maybe we need to assign ourselves situations with the worst outcomes to appease our social anxiety. In Joanna's case, when you listen to part two, which is coming out next week, her worst case scenario was to leave the beach, which she didn't want to do. That would have been worse for her than a stranger denying her sunscreen. For me, not having the right mask on or not being able to contact my husband were worse outcomes than being socially rejected, either by the barista with the phone or the girl with the mask. And yes, I did feel awkward in both situations, but for example, with the lost phone, my only goal was to contact my husband. So it didn't matter if 10 people refused to give me their phone. I was on a mission to have someone help me, regardless of the fact that I did not know his phone number. And I think this feeling of wanting and needing something desperately overrides social anxiety. It's almost like this survival instinct that takes over. And I think we should try to treat as many situations as such to suppress social anxiety. Think of it as you need it. You need this item. You need help. You need guidance. You need support. You need feedback. Whatever the case may be that's holding you back from interacting with somebody, maybe it's a stranger or a coworker or, or a friend, whatever the case may be, treat it as such that there is a worse outcome than getting a no or being rejected. If you're terrified of approaching someone attractive because they might turn you down, you can't think of a worse outcome than that. This person could be the last person you have the chance to turn into a potential partner, or this is the only person that's assigned to you. And if you don't approach them, you'll settle. I know, of course, that's a very extreme way of looking at things, but it can help if you think about the opportunity cost of not doing what you want to do because of social anxiety. What's the more significant cost when you decide to avoid a situation because of a social fear? What is it that you are not taking into consideration? Try to see it from that perspective. Potentially losing out on the love of your life and a genuine connection is a real opportunity cost you shouldn't scoff at. As for me, I'm now walking around with that carefree feeling I had of asking strangers for things. 
I don't know how long it's going to last. It's kind of like when you have like a near-death experience and everything is like pink and you're happy and you're grateful. It's kind of like that. I don't know when it's going to wear off, but I still feel confident enough to, to walk around and talk to people and interact and ask for things. Because it's funny, you know, I witnessed myself doing that in a moment of panic, which by default means that I can do that on a regular basis just as well. I don't want to depend on my mindset being just right, because then I'll only do things when I'm panicky, which isn't exactly an ideal way to live, is it? So the only way forward now is to do this regardless of how I feel. More than anything, the fact that when panic sets in, social anxiety walks out is proof that it's a construct of our mind. And if we learn to tap out, we can make great strides in life which is the only way to really learn how to manage your social anxiety. It's to do things regardless of how you feel about them. Like my friend Sadie says, the host of your social anxiety bestie, show up scared or, you know, just show up panicky or calmly. But either way, show up and try to do that on a daily basis because you will reap the benefits. That is what happened to me in Germany. And I still feel the exhaustion that came from the panic that I had. It really drained me emotionally, mentally, physically. I had to take a couple days off after that trip to recuperate. So yeah, I ended up just, you know, binge watching The Good Place and ended up crying more. So yeah, but I got my phone and I learned a lot of lessons on how I need to travel next time around so that I don't end up in this situation ever again because it is not pleasant. So you know, take what you want from my experience. I hope it never happens to you that you lose your phone anywhere and that you obviously memorize some some phone numbers. But more than anything else, I, I hope you understand that it is possible to override the feeling of social anxiety. I would love to hear from you. You can always find me at Honest Rocks on Instagram or just email me rocks at Honest Rocks and keep an eye out and an ear out for next week's episode where I interview Joanna for part two of the episode, Why You're Scared of Asking a Stranger for Sunscreen. It's going to be super fun. As for me, I'm on vacation this week. I'm in Florida soaking up the sun, but the episodes will be coming. Have an awesome week. Bye.